The scripture reading for today is 1 Corinthians chapter 12, verses 1 to 11. Now concerning spiritual gifts, brothers, I do not want you to be uninformed. You know that when you were pagans, you were led astray to mute idols, however you were led. Therefore, I want you to understand that no one speaking the Spirit of God ever says, Jesus is accursed, and no one can say, Jesus is Lord, except in the Holy Spirit. Now there are varieties of gifts, but the same Spirit, and there are varieties of service, but the same Lord, and there are varieties of activities, but it is the same God who empowers them all and everyone. To each is given the manifestation of the Spirit for the common good. For to one is given through the Spirit the utterance of wisdom, and to another the utterance of knowledge according to the same Spirit, to another faith by the same Spirit, to another gifts of healing by the one Spirit, to another the working of miracles, to another prophecy, to another the ability to distinguish between spirits, to another various kinds of tongues, to another the interpretation of tongues. All these are empowered by one and the same Spirit who apportions to each one individually as he wills. This is the word of the Lord. Good morning, church. Uh, it is a blessed Sunday morning, and I'm glad that you are joining us, uh, even though you feel like we're meeting one hour earlier. But as Pastor Daniel uh, mentioned, it uh, means uh, spring is coming, and we're looking forward to a new season, a spring season, where uh, we're able to see uh, every single one of you. It's been more than a year uh, with the COVID, and uh, some of you, actually, you haven't been able to come out to church uh, over a year. We do have a good news. Starting from tomorrow, government allows up to 15% um, of in-person gathering uh, based on the building capacity. And as you are aware that we do have a large building, our Emmanuel Chapel alone uh, has a 1,800 seating capacity, uh, which means uh, we're able to have uh, about 220 people uh, to come in to Emmanuel Chapel starting from um, Monday. So uh, we are looking forward to having you here next Sunday, uh, and more detailed information will be given uh, during the announcement. So uh, it's a wonderful news, and I know that many of you are eagerly waiting. And I know that some of you have uh, little children or have uh, seniors in your house. You're more cautious, and we do want to take a safety measure. And those of you uh, feel like you need to wait a little longer, we do understand. But uh, definitely, uh, there's a hope, and uh, we're looking forward to uh, go through the season where uh, one day uh, everyone will be able to gather and celebrate our Lord's Day together as a community. Having said that, uh, we are uh, sharing uh, the message based on 1 Corinthians chapter 12, Unstoppable Work of the Holy Spirit, uh, with the title, Receiving and Releasing the Spiritual Gifts. Uh, I do want to open uh, today's message with uh, opening remarks. Every born again Christian receives spiritual gifts. Let me repeat that again. Every born again Christian receives spiritual gifts. Uh, here I do want to highlight every born again Christian. 
Because in verse 3 of today's passage, that no one can say Jesus is Lord except in the Holy Spirit. So without the Holy Spirit, no one can confess that Jesus is a Lord, a Savior, and a King of their lives. So we're not talking about a cultural Christian who attend a church or, or associated with a church membership, but we're talking about born-again Christians who are being regenerated with the power and work of the Holy Spirit. And the same Holy Spirit gives every single person spiritual gift. In verse 11, all these are empowered by one and the same Spirit who apportions to each one individually as he wills. So if you're a born-again Christian, you do have not only indwelling Holy Spirit, but also spiritual gift by the Holy Spirit. And God wants to use every single one of us for his good purpose, his glory, but also to build up the body of Jesus Christ. And yet, whenever we talk about spiritual gifts, there are two extreme responses. Uh, one type of group, uh, they're uh, overemphasizing too much about Holy, gift, uh, Holy Spirit or gifting, rather than focusing on the giver of the gift. The giver of the gift is the Holy Spirit and our God the Father, Triune God. But on the other hand, there are people who got maybe burned or hurt or disappointed by spiritual gifts or people who are so into spiritual gifts and had bad experience in the past. So somehow they are not involved and they don't really want to talk about spiritual gifts as much. So the question is, how do we have good balance or grounded in scripture or to have good understanding of the gift of the Holy Spirit. And there are three things that are required or necessary in order for us to be grounded theologically through the scripture. So number one, now first, we need to discern the gifts. It's about discerning the gift. The reason is that uh, there are many of us who have bad experience with the spiritual gifts and even like a number of years ago and even still going on with all this you know, scandal and even abuse uh, outside of the church, but even inside of the church. There are some people who experience um, spiritual abuse based on exercising, gifting in an ungodly way or for their own purpose or ambition. There are some people uh, exercise leadership abuse, forcing, persuading people to do certain things based on God-given authority, so-called. And even like forcing some of the people to marry or even break up relationship or forcing some people to serve in a certain way or sell their property. And these are called leadership or spiritual abuse. And um, there are times that we also experience pulpit abuse. A preacher can use pulpit to really communicate 
his or her own agenda, saying that it is the word of the Lord or I have received the word of the Lord. Uh, so there are spiritual abuse or leadership abuse or a popular abuse that some of us we have experienced in the past that we have a bad understanding or experience. Wayne Grudem, the systematic theology professor, said, you know what, we need to discern the spirit, whether it is coming from the Lord or whether it is coming from the enemy or whether it is coming from our own fleshly desire. So how do we discern the spirit and discern the spiritual gifts? A, we need to discern the true purpose in verse 7, it says, To each is given the manifestation of the Spirit for the common good. So manifestation of the Holy Spirit is for the common good. And building up the body of Jesus Christ, yes, but also for common good of every single member. It's not about abusing certain member or torturing or forcing something to do. And God gives spiritual gifts for us to rejoice, enjoy, delight in the Lord, and we glorify God. And that is the purpose. So that out of that, we begin to find out who we are as the children of God, but also with that, joyfully we can serve the Lord. Those of us who are gifted in welcoming, other people and pursuing relationship and evangelizing, you know what, they are joyful, most thrive in their spiritual walk when they're exercising their gifts. Those of us who are called to preach, we thrive when we preach the word of the Lord. Those of us who have a gift in different types of spiritual gifts, it is when we serve, we thrive and we come alive. And therefore, we cannot take spiritual gifts lightly. We need to honor God, who is the giver of the gifts. And yet, the spiritual gifts is not hierarchical. Every single member is a loyal priesthood in the eyes of God. There are certain types of teaching where, especially charismatic camp or the apostolic camp and saying that certain spiritual gifts are higher so that they have more authority and we need to follow them and somehow out of preaching or gift of prophecy they demand other people to submit yes mutual submission and respecting the church leadership authority is healthy when it is given for the common good and edification of every single person, but not for the sake of forcing certain things with agenda. But because of this, some of us, we often uh, take spiritual gifts very lightly. In verse 4 to 6, it says, Now there are varieties of gifts, but the same Spirit. And there are varieties of service, but the same Lord. And there are varieties of activities, but it is the same God who empowers them all in everyone. 
What it means is that every single person is anointed, not like one or two particular people are more super anointed and they have more authority or power, but every single member in the eyes of God are given varieties of spiritual gifts, anointed, and God wants to use every single one of us for his glory. Now, we have to treasure spiritual gifts. Because 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, verse 19 to 21 says, Do not quench the Spirit. Do not despise prophecies. Meaning, do not despise any spiritual gifts. Don't take it lightly. Do not dishonor spiritual gifts as well because God is the one who has given us spiritual gifts. But very importantly, it says, but test everything. Hold fast what is good. So about testing, I will talk about it, uh, the latter point. But my first point here is that do not despise spiritual gifts. Even though you may have different spiritual gifts from other people, uh, people who are gifted in healing or prophecy or a gift of tongue, even though you may not have, that you need to respect and honor every single spiritual gift if it is from the Lord. And there is a reason why God has given, even though we may not fully understand. But secondly, in order to discern not only knowing the true purpose, but we need to discern the characteristics of false. Because they are false prophecy. And there's the spirit from the enemy constantly manipulating and try to attack the unity of the body of Jesus Christ and mislead congregation members with different false signs and wonders. But did you know that even other religions, even Buddhism and Hinduism and other religions, they also perform different signs. Just because there are signs, it doesn't mean that it is from the Lord. It could be very misleading. That's why even in the Old Testament, God has warned the Israelites not to be deceived. Deuteronomy chapter 18 verse 10 to 11 says, There shall be not be found among you anyone who burns his son of his daughter as an offering, anyone who practices divination or tells fortunes or interprets omens, or a sorcerer or a charmer or a medium or a new a necromancer or one who inquires of the dead, even inquiring the spirit of the dead. And yet, there are certain individuals, when they talk here about miracles or signs, they get, mis they get misled and they get tempted and sway. So we need to discern these uh, false prophecy or false signs. But one thing is that also amongst the body of Jesus Christ. There are certain individuals, they use their gifting 
to bring division, constantly attacking, criticizing, putting other people down just because they may have different theological orientation. Which we need to be very careful as well. Because the certain individuals who have a gift of leadership or gift of preaching, they can use their gifting to put other people down because they're in different camp. And I don't think our Lord is pleased when brothers and sisters put down one another just because they may have a different orientation of uh, their own theological framework. Of course, we cannot compromise the gospel. When it comes to the gospel, and yet when it comes to different understanding of minor things, whether it's a sprinkle or full baptism, whether it's a you know, gift of tongue or some people who believe that there's no more gift of tongue. But we need to have a mutual respect to understand rather than using our spiritual gifts to put down one another. Because that is the purpose of a spiritual gift is to bring common good. In verse 25, that there may be no division in the body, but that the members may have the same care for one another. And here, I want to show you a picture. Uh, are you ready? Yeah. As many of you are aware, you know, this conversation uh, took place a number of years ago. Everyone knows uh, Pastor John Piper and Pastor Rick Warren. You know, these two are very, very recognized, influential pastors and leaders in North America and even in the world. But Pastor Rick Warren and Pastor John Piper, they have different theological framework. As we know, uh, purpose-driven life, Pastor Rick Warren, he believes in practical way of doing theology and even secret-sensitive ministry, and he has evangelized and preached the gospel to many, many people's lives. On the other hand, Pastor John Piper, which many of us we respect, has a very solid, conservative, reform theology. So their approach of ministry and their gifting are very different. And yet, one thing that I really appreciate, and I love this picture, is that, you know what, they gathered together and they talked about their differences in a very, very respectful way. And they may not fully agree, and they may not be on the same page with a lot of things, and yet, in the end, you know, they're praying together, blessing each other. And they say, we need to have more conversation and communication together. And for me, even now, looking at this picture is beautiful. And we need to use a spiritual gift in this way rather than bring division. Yes, when it comes to compromise, when it comes to compromising a solid doctrine of the gospel, what is core, we cannot. And yet, when it comes to peripheral things, that we cannot use a spiritual gift to put one another down or destroy or bring division. And those are characteristics of false. 
Which leads to my next point. Not only discerning the gifts, but number two, we need to cultivate and sharpen the spiritual gifts. Because every born-again Christian have received spiritual gifts. And in order for us to use, we need to cultivate and sharpen. We need to know what it is. The problem is many Christians, they don't even know what kind of spiritual gifts they have. A few years ago at New Hope, we did spiritual gift inventory. Have you found your spiritual gifts? And those of you who found spiritual gifts, how are you exercising your spiritual gift? Are you utilizing, are you sharpening, cultivating your spiritual gifts? And those of us who are not sure what kind of spiritual gifts we have. J.D. Greer, in his book, Jesus Continue, uh, gives us helpful tips. He says, a spiritual gift usually reveals itself in the confluence of what we are passionate about, what we are good at, and the affirmation of others. So he introduced this uh, diagram. Uh, can you show this? So spiritual gift is usually recognized through the confluence of these three things, affinity, ability, and affirmation. So these three things combined can help you to navigate and to recognize what are spiritual gifts that you may have. And for me, when I was in college, I thought I had like maybe one or two spiritual gifts. But as I was serving God more and more and did gift inventory about five years ago, I recognized I had more than 10 spiritual gifts. And I was surprised because I knew for sure I had few spiritual gifts, but rest of eight or nine, I didn't know that I had. Therefore, you need to know what kind of spiritual gifts you have, and not only that, not only putting these spiritual gifts in a closet, but you need to exercise, you need to utilize, and especially, uh, we do have a lot of young brothers and sisters, when you're in college, you know what? Even if you don't know what kind of spiritual gift you have, you know, get involved and just try everything. Because you'd be surprised as you are being exposed to so many different opportunities of ministry, whether it is through a college group or a small group or even you know, outside of the church, social gathering or urban type of ministry, you'd be surprised to find a few spiritual gifts that you never ever recognize or thought you had so you need to be exposing you need to just be open mind and if you don't have after a couple of years recognized then so be it and you can move on but we have this idea or mindset that we have to be perfect somehow and we have this fear of a failure well what if i don't have spirit gift then that's fine. No one's going to say anything. But you got to give it a try. And through that, you do something that you are, you know, have affinity with. And you will be able to realize that whether you have ability or not. And you will be affirmed by other people. Of course, you know, you feel like you can sing and you want to sing. 
But if everyone walks away whenever you sing, then that's not a good affirmation. But you will have affirmation where other people will say, you know, I was so blessed because you were singing and praising God. And I feel like there was a presence of God when you were praying. And I feel like God was speaking to me when you're preaching. When you're evangelizing, I feel like the Lord was near to me and really loves me. And these are affirmation. And we know the parable of talent in Matthew chapter 25. And someone who have received five talents or two talents or one talent. Again, it's not hierarchical, dynamic. But whether we have received five or two or one, when we are faithful and when we use the gifts, then God could even increase and multiply spiritual gifts. But we have to remember, when we fail to exercise spiritual gifts, it is our loss. Not only it is our loss, it is the community's loss. Because there is a reason why God has brought you to this body of Jesus Christ. Because not only that you are benefiting out of the body of Jesus Christ, but you need to contribute to build up the body of Jesus Christ. So that as members fail to exercise their spiritual gifts, that much more our body has so many holes. That much more we are lacking. And that much more the few individuals are carrying overweight. Can you imagine every single member of New Hope exercise one or two spiritual gifts? Can you imagine in your life group every single person exercising, discovering, and sharpening their spiritual gift? Your group, your life group, and our church will be thriving, multiplying, and expanding the kingdom of God. But the reason why we're not exercising spiritual gifts, number one, I mean, it's because we don't know, but on the other hand, because of fear of failure, anxiety, and even wrong priority. Wrong priority. Parents, I know that many of you are so eager to find what your kids are good at right? Whether they're good at math or science or whether they're going to be good in, you know, art or sports, you are desperate to somehow find out your children's potential so that they will excel in life. So let me ask you a question. How many of you are aware of your children's spiritual gifts? How many of you have been affirming your children to really groom and cultivate and sharpen spiritual gifts? If you haven't, maybe, maybe it's a good indicator that you may have a wrong priority, right? Because the purpose of our lives, it is to serve God and glorify God. And that's why we study. That's why we work in our workplace but if we never talked about even gift cultivating and sharpening spiritual gifts, that's a wrong priority. Or some of us, we may have a low self-esteem. 
So we do have spiritual gifts and we know it, but no confidence in ourselves, and which is good because we need to find confidence in God. But many of us somehow do to maybe hurt in the past or insecurity. We don't want to be out there. Maybe some of us, we've been like that for all along the journey of our spiritual life. Or maybe some of us were going through that season right now. It's very interesting because last week, Pastor Susan of our education department, I don't know, I, I think um, in our KM, um, we're go- kind of going through you know, reviewing some of the movies, current movies from Christian perspective. And her topic was a Wonder Woman <laughs> So she was talking about superhero, and in our conversation, she asked me, Pastor Jason, if you were to be any kind of superhero, what type of superhero would you want to be? And without hesitation, I said, I want to be invisible man. I never wanted to be invisible man in the past. You know, maybe why not Superman? Why not Batman, right? Or incredible man. But in this season, somehow like invisible man, because I feel like I'm so exposed, everyone. (laughs) It's like I bump into a grocery stranger and say, oh, I saw you through YouTube. It's like, oh man, I cannot even go to grocery store. It's like, I want to be invisible man. Maybe some of us are feeling like me. We do have a spiritual gift, but we want to be invisible Maybe we've been hurt in the past. Maybe some people criticize, or maybe we feel like we failed in certain things. But the heart of God is that God wants to use you. And God is most pleased when you are thriving, when you come alive, and you come alive when you recognize your full potential of spiritual gifts and serve accordingly. And you are happiest when you are in line with the spiritual gifts and exercise without regret. In 1 Corinthians chapter 13, verse 11, when I was a child, I spoke like a child. I thought like a child. I reasoned like a child. When I became a man, I gave a childish way. I think which includes before maybe we used to serve to please other people to be recognized but now as a mature human being we don't do that for showmanship but we do it for the glory of God because we care about kingdom not our own performance or impressing other people even as a pastor I think I am kind of growing now in a way that I don't really think about, I want to do well, and then I want to I wanna hear from people, oh, you're good. But I want to do well for the sake of God's glory. We talked about self-control last week. But there are a lot of areas where we need to control But also, on the other hand, there are areas where we need to let go. But the problem is, many of us, we are mixed up. Things that we need to control is out of control. 
But on the other hand, things that we need to let go, we're still controlling. And with the gifting, we need to let go of our own selfish or personal needs of recognition or how we view to other people, but to serve freely so that maybe we can be foolish in the eyes of men, but glorious and honoring in the eyes of God. Which leads to my last point. As we do that, we increase the impacts of the gifts. Second Timothy chapter 1, verse 6, and Paul, the mentor of Timothy, says this, For this reason I remind you to fan into flame the gift of God, which is in you through the laying on of my hands. Just fan into flame the gift of God. For me, that's increasing the impact and power of the spiritual gifts. And how do we do that? Uh, Due to our time, I'm not going to go in depth, but three things. Number one, through God's word. It is obvious. Even if a preacher has a gift of preaching, if he or she does not preach from the text, has no power. Even if you are gifted in prayer, if it's in, not in line with the scripture, anything that we do, it is somehow against or not in line with the scripture, has no impact. And that's why when someone is exercising gift of prophecy, you need to test with the scripture. First Peter chapter 1, verse 12 says, It was revealed to them that they were serving not themselves but you in the things that have now been announced to you through those who preach the good news to you by the Holy Spirit sent from heaven, things into which angels long to look. Number two, through testing. First Thessalonians chapter 5, verse 21, which I talked about, but test everything. Do not quench the Spirit, do not despise, and yet, in the other hand, on the other hand, you need to test. And it is very important for us to be affirmed and tested by small group. It is very important for us to be tested through church. But how do we get tested? We need to exercise. We need to put it out there. Let our pride and privacy set aside, we need to be exercising. And lastly, through holiness. Second Timothy chapter 2, verse 21 says, Therefore, if anyone cleanses himself from what is dishonorable, he will be a vessel for honorable use, set apart as holy, useful to the master of the house, ready for every good work. I... Briefly mention about through word and through testing because I wanted to just talk just a little bit about through holiness. It is heartbreaking when we hear, you know, some of the respected spiritual leaders fall. And that's when we get disillusioned. Wow, what's, what's going on? Because truly they're gifted by God. And yet somehow they've been compromising, whether it is through sin or 
moral failure. But it seems to me that even though we may sin, God may not take spiritual gift right away. When we look at Samson, who was going through moral failure, but somehow God is very patient. It's like this. As a father, I give Haley and Karis gifts for them to use. When they do wrong, I don't go and just take those gifts right away, but I watch to certain points. Of course, when we sin, and actually every single one of us were a sinner. David sinned. Peter sinned. But God did not take away spiritual gifts. But God gave them opportunity to repent, to be restored. Meanwhile, God is grieving. And God gives us opportunity for us to repent. And when we fail to repent in God's timing, God will remove. And we see that, and which is a warning, but also God's gentle way of inviting us to repent in humility. But many of us, when we see that we feel disillusioned, what was it? And we get hurt, disappointed. And some of us, we lose heart of serving God. But I hope and pray that today's message is somehow encouraging you not to focus on, again, men or spiritual gifts, but the giver of the spiritual gift and his heart so that we'll be able to fix our eyes on the Lord and serve based on our Lord's command. First Corinthians chapter 12, 31 ends like this, but earnestly desire the higher gifts, and I will show you still more excellent ways. So these spiritual gifts are good, but also we need to focus on higher gifts, which is who God is and God's love and God's character and maturity to build up body of Jesus Christ. Again, don't serve because of me or because of certain individuals or pressure or you feel obligated, but serve because you love God and you love Christ church. Let's pray together. As we close our eyes, brothers and sisters, I would like to invite you right now. How are you utilizing your spiritual gifts? Have you been hurt, disappointed in the past? Have you feel like you've been misled? Even spiritual abuse, feeling disillusioned, disfranchised because of these so-called misusing spiritual gifts. You, but you know, our God wants to restore you. And God is gently calling you back to be restored so that we glorify God and we are used by God so that we come alive because that's who we are. Every single one of us were gifted. 
Would you say yes to God today? Heavenly Father, we thank you so much, Lord, that you have called us to be your own. And not only your Holy Spirit indwelling in us, but also gifted us to be used. So we come alive to serve you. Father, I bless every single member of our church to respond to your call today. In Jesus' name we pray.